I just woke up because uh, I took, I, I, I would assume a nap. And because I know I'm going to be up for a while after taking a nap at 8 o'clock at night. Like, I really fooled myself. I really played Boo Boo the Fool, acting like I would stay asleep until, you know, 6, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning after going to bed at 8. But that's neither here nor there. So, hi. You're wondering, why am I watching this? Or how did I stumble upon this? Well, I probably shoved the friggin' link down your throat and asked you to watch this. So if you're watching this, hi. My name is Naima. I don't know why my name wouldn't be so complicated for the Westerners and America and well, it's probably not even that difficult for people in Canada. But like in America, black people be acting like they don't know 10,000 Naimas and they don't know how to spell it, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. I'm 19, I'm a college freshman, a rising college sophomore, if my college professors, you know, acknowledged all the work that I did last minute, because they said it was the final day that they were, you know, looking at old assignments. Um, I'm a procrastinator, did I say I'm 19? I am 19. Um, I don't even feel 19, that's, that's the weird thing, like... For some odd reason, I feel like I'm a high schooler <sighs> who just isn't in high school anymore. Like, there are brief moments in time where I have to physically remind myself I graduated because graduation was a shit show, but um, no, I live in... Atlanta, I guess. I live in the black part of Georgia, you know, where we kind of aren't in the country, but we act country and ghetto. I like it. I love it. Um, you know, like, it's just, yeah. I, I mean, specifically, I live in DeKalb County. And because of that, I've grew here my whole life. And either the people I have encountered were bougie because, oh my gosh, this is the cab and it's like the mecca of black Hollywood. And everyone who makes money be like, ah, look at my hair, look at me. And then they brag or you have the other people who, you know, sell drugs. So anyways, right off of that, uh. This is my podcast where I'm going to, you know, I'm going to express how I feel because this is my platform. Also, on a podcast, I get to make the episodes however long. And so I realized while trying to write my autobiography that it is really hard to like, you know, create a captivating enough story that involves my life because to me like I think my life story is like crazy but other people might just think it's boring or people you know who don't fully read it but mm. and I just keep getting stuck on writing the not the introduction writing my childhood and so Today, anyways, I was like, hmm, I could write the book while maintaining a podcast on the book. Constantly, you know, in, in, in reiterating, you know, my life or whatever. And basically, in my autobiography, I'm going to examine the feelings and emotions I get by going through and looking back at my childhood. Because a lot of us try to, you know, look at things with rose-colored glasses. But, like, our lives are pretty either mundane or just traumatizing. And the people who have normal lives that is, that has a balance of traumatizing moments and happy moments, I applaud you because, bitch, could never, I don't know why, 
I don't even know why. But anyways, this is my podcast and I'm random. So in today's episode, we're going to discuss how I have a weird relationship with my family. I don't even know why. But um, my family at the moment consists of my mother or my birth giver and her son who's older than me i i I assume like around 15 years of a difference and so uh recently we had a conflict right the conflict consists of me wanting back my ps4 that i got for christmas like two christmases ago and my mom violently threatening me to fold up a piece of plastic (laughs) and you're like why would she violently because listen both of them are narcissists whether they want to admit that or not they are or i'm using the internet terminology of narcissists not like you know the disorder and so my mother and i don't really have the best relationship when i was growing up my main emotional support i guess was my grandmother and she's still alive she's just in a nursing home because she got dementia dementia and so because of that like i had to start relying on my mom but i realized every time whenever she tries to hug me or whatever I would shove her away or I would run away. And there's physical evidence of me running away while she's trying to give me physical attention as a child. I would just not want it. And, you know, I realized that I have an anxious, a distant, anxious attachment style. Because I took psychology last semester in college. And so, like, basically what that means is... Whenever someone tries to show me attention, I either shove them away or I cling on to it for dear life. And I realized that um, I run away when it comes to her, but like I cling on to like my friendships very hard and that can drive people away because they don't understand where all of this love and affection is coming from especially if they grew up in a household that is very similar to mine so like it's unhealthy but you know i try as i am trying to get my life together i realized that like as much as i try try to act like it's not normal it's normal and so well it's normal for people who have anxious attachment style or um anxious ambivalent and so you know my mom bought me a bed because we literally went to the bed store like yesterday and after buying me the bed we called the guy who's gonna deliver the bed he said he's gonna deliver it the next day because he can't do it right now we're like cool that's good so today anyways i get up thinking that i was gonna go to the nursing home parade for my grandmother right because there was a nursing home parade right and so i really wanted to see my grandmother because that we haven't been able to see her due to the virus right so i get up early i set an alarm i get dressed whoop de whoop de whoop i looked cute just for my mom to come downstairs fully dressed asking why am i dressed up and i'm like huh what do you mean i'm dressed up she's like girl we're not going to the parade i'm like why didn't you say this earlier see it would be different if like she would have said it but i already got dressed and you saw me get dressed you complimented well you didn't even compliment i told you i got my hair done you was like yeah you did your hair and i'm like i came in the bathroom i did this that, and the third and you saw me physically get dressed and you didn't say anything that was strike one for her today and then strike two was realizing i am the nigger of the world as john lennon made a song 
with the title women are the nigger of the world and the thought dawned on me right as i was preparing my room because mind you i'm getting i got a new bed because i thought my old bed had you know bed bugs because i would wake up with scars on my body scars or bite marks and scratches and basically what i found out was either my bed had bed bugs or my bed has been used to curse me because i'm into spiritualism and so i woke up two or three days ago and i was gonna do my assignments my late assignments i assume it was for um african-american studies right so i wake up boom i see a triangle in my bed mind you all of the scars on my body they're in the shapes of triangles and most of my scars are on my left breast and so i see a triangle of blood in my bed and it was a very like it was a triangle it was very like straight to the point triangle it just didn't connect towards the end but like it was a triangle and so i was like okay so i asked my group of spiritual friends right because technically we're in a coven um i asked them what i should do and they told me to burn it so i burned it i burned my sheets and then i was like good well i'm getting a new bed anyways so i cleaned the room i cleaned the walls i cleaned the walls and i vacuum and after doing that i smudged my bed and i smudged my bed because i'm like this time i just don't want to be waking up with triangle scars on my titty because that is gross like nobody wants that and it's so awkward like it makes me feel insecure seeing that i have like triangle scars on my body and my mom literally said it's creepy and i'm like what do triangles mean for all of this right never looked it up but like what do triangles mean when you know they appear on your body and in your room i got a new dream catcher so that's good i just it's weird i want to i i just want to know the meaning all behind it but um anyways got a new bed um my mom sent her son to help me set up the bed or whatever or just to carry it upstairs mind you it, it wasn't really that heavy so like i kind of picked it up and like did it myself and so with the mattress he helped me with the mattress with the with the box ring he helped set it up up like on the stairs so i could like you know just pull it up and like put set up my bed so i set up my bed after setting up my bed smudging my bed and spraying lysol on my bed because you know the coronavirus got my pt not pts um my ocd-esque mother well that's probably just assuming ocd but basically it got my germaphobic there you go that's the really correct term my germaphobic mother was yelling up at the stairs spray your bed with lysol mind you already brought up like antibacteria spray to spray the walls so i was like already got the gist to spray the bed and so she just kept yelling and i got annoyed and so after setting up the bed by myself because mind you i'm 5'1 so i'm 5'1 and like 220 pounds i set up the bed boom after i set up the bed i go downstairs with the plastics my mom is yelling at me can you she didn't even ask the thing is with my mom she don't ask she will just tell you so she was like fold up the plastic fold up the plastic fold up the plastic i was like why can't you just fold up the plastic i had to literally set up the bed i'm out of breath mind you i was out of breath i was so out of breath i forgot i i didn't even spray the bed before i laid on top of the bed because i was like girl i'm tired i'm tired all this weight that i had to carry literally on my chest my legs to set it up on top of each other that was a lot so i ignored it i left the plastic in the corner of the living room then my mom got really aggressive this is why i think like 
mentally she's probably not all the way there either mind you i have bipolar disorder but like i'm not like the stereotypes of bipolar disorder isn't even bipolar bitch you just are moody like you were just moody and you have an attitude that's not bipolar bipolar is when you have prolonged happy like happiness and prolonged depression and sometimes it can feel like the depression outweighs the happiness and so sometimes happiness you don't even know if it's just mania but like yeah and I experienced mania from like you know doing impulsive things or just being random and not feeling depressed like it's weird it's it's very complicated people with bipolar disorder they could probably say it it feels complicated also because you don't really know you just know the moment you're depressed and you don't know how long it's gonna last and the moment that you're not depressed you don't know if it's mania or you probably can tell you don't know if it's exact mania or just happiness but anyways so i sat in my bed we'll do my mom's yelling at me to set up uh not the setup the fold the plastic i ignore it all day um i go upstairs watching random like you know amusement park documentaries i don't know why they're so interesting but they are they really are and so like i was watching one about um the six flags green lantern um roller coaster from defunct land girl mess anyways so i go up and down up and down up and down take a shower set up my bed for real for real by putting on sheets and my blankets and all that right so i do that and then i go downstairs to eat dinner my mom is threatening like she's really threatening me now she's like if you don't fucking set up the fucking plastic if you don't fucking fold the plastic up i will fucking like do something to you and i'm like why is she so mad like she was like you need to fold up the plastic now or i'm gonna hurt you that type of like language right but she didn't like you know say that but like it was the worst that she was saying yeah and so i sit there and i'm staring at her and i'm like there's a part of me that always wants to challenge her because i'm like sis i don't like you because i think you're a narcissist and you have emotionally neglected me since birth and maybe i assume that's the reason why every time whenever she tried to hug me on her own time she never hugged me when i needed a hug she never comforted me when i was crying she never did any of that she never told me when i did something wrong instead the way of realizing that she was wrong was to literally just hit me or smack me like she won't be like oh naima you failed the test let's have a conversation about it she's not a talker she would just smack the crap out of you and then you cry and then you have to go comfort yourself in the corner type parent i feel like the black children who got the more mature mentally sound parents who didn't have to experience stuff like that you're lucky because a lot of black i don't even know if it's a lot i just know that's my parent and so because she never really sat down to tell me what i did was wrong she would just hit me at this point i'm like i'm 19 if you hit me all i'm gonna do is cry because it hurt we we can't act like it don't hurt but like you're not gonna stop me from feeling however i feel you're not you're really not i'm 19 what what do you want what do you want i have time to grow but like your actions isn't working for me so then when i sat down in the living room after putting chicken in the oven for 10 minutes and then i can't like i put chicken in the oven then i went upstairs drank some grape juice then i came back downstairs she was like if like for real Naima if you don't fucking pick up the fucking plastic I swear I'm gonna hurt you and I'm like sis I I don't care 
you know, your threats aren't even scaring me. They don't even scare me anymore. If you hit me, you hit me. That's it. And you've been wanting to hit me for a long time. I just think that you real like, I hope she realizes that, like, I'm not scared anymore. You can hit me. That's fine. But let's not act like I can't call the police. Let's not act like I have to stay here. Because I don't. I really don't. So. I ignore her while she's throwing a temper tantrum. In the living room. As she's cutting up boxes. She was like. You expect me to clean up after you like a maid and a mule. And you don't want to fold up the plastic. You're so fucking ungrateful. You're an ungrateful child because you that the plastic I'm like sis I set up my own bed like none of y'all even helped me set up my own bed she was like well you're grown you could set up your own bed I'm like then how am I ungrateful how did you connect the dots to say that me not folding up the plastic means I'm ungrateful you just want me to do it for whatever reason anyone could have folded up the plastic but she wanted me to fold up the plastic Maybe because I'm looking way too in-depth with it, but, like, you wanted me to fold up the plastic because of a power play that you're losing right now in your house. For a while now, I have have been going back or combating her and her son. I don't even call him my brother anymore, her and her son, because... They assume that they could talk to me however they want to. And they can't. And when they receive the same energy back, they're like baffled. And I'm like, why be baffled? This is how you're acting towards me. I shall reciprocate the energy back onto you. And they feel disrespected in a way. And that's the problem with black parenting. You shouldn't think that you have the capacity to treat your child and talk to your child any way that you please and then get mad when the child treats you the same way back if you're going to be disrespectful to your child you shouldn't expect respect back that's the problem that's the problem but anyways right so i start laughing and like post on twitter and my mom stared at me with the quote-unquote evil eyes like, I'm gonna fuck you up. And I'm like, sis, I'm laughing. Like, I literally told her, I was like, I'm laughing. You're not gonna stop me from laughing. I was like, I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna laugh. Because you're not scaring me. So, her son, her son, um, they have a weird dynamic at the moment i i really don't know what it is like he's just a mama's boy basically and so with the t with the tiktok um therapist they often go over how narcissistic mothers have a golden child and a black sheep and how you know if you have a narcissistic sibling with a narcissistic parent they often team up against you and both you know shit on you so i'm like wow this is a nice life and huh i just i love my family i want you to peep the sarcasm and so i'm like hmm. he comes into the room after i leave the room and he's talking to her and then she's like <laughs> and i'm like oh she's mad i'm not listening to her because it's all a power dynamic it's all for the power dynamic so how does this involve the ps4 so i got the ps4 two years ago about like it's gonna be three years in december because i got it for christmas i got the game with two games i got it with the game that came with the playstation as in like the spider-man game and then I got Detroit Become Human. I beat Detroit Become Human, so I was like, I'm done. And mind you, like, when I got a job in high school, because mind you, I was still in high school when I got my PS4, I 
didn't have my job long enough to have any other money to spend it on video games. I got the job to help me be cute for prom. And that's because I knew my mom was not going to do the things that I wanted her to do for me to, you know, go to prom the way how I wanted to go. Because whenever I have to just solely rely on her, things don't go as high expectationally expected meaning that like for my junior prom I I attempted to do my own makeup without realizing I didn't buy foundation concealer nothing all I bought was glitter and I put it on my eyes euphoria style that was horrible like I looked so ill and my mom would keep bringing up the fact that like she got my hair done and it cost like more than a hundred dollars I'm like sis you don't even know how much lace fronts cost so like definitely no and so i got the job i paid for my makeup i paid for my nails and i paid for my hair my mother after buying all the things for my senior year package or whatever my senior package mind you there was two packages that she paid the highest package for she got one of the highest packages for the ring company when I just needed the cap and gown in the ring. But instead, she got me the t-shirt, the bag, and a cup. I'm like, sis, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And I kept telling her, don't do that. She was like, no, I bet you it's for the school. I'm like, no, it's not. But anyways, after she got that stuff, then I got the very expensive package for, you know, the senior activities. Mind you, I didn't go to, like, some of those activities because I got sick. So, there's that. And I had to pay out of pocket for my senior photos because the day that they wanted to do senior photos, I couldn't stay after school because I didn't want to walk home in the dark. The area that I live in, like, I would never want to walk alone in the dark. And so, I was like, I'm good. (laughs) And so... (sighs) like you know how narcissists do they they you know bring up everything that they did for you and blah 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 and after completing the game I assumed that my brother thought or her son thought that it was his game system now but it's not and so for a good month now I've been wanting to like you know take it back and then we got into an altercation We got to an altercation because one day, as I was trying to do a, uh, a, go to a discussion via WebEx, because I go to Georgia State, and so our Wi-Fi acts funny most of the time because he uses our Wi-Fi box to do his work because he worked for Comcast. So working for Comcast, he takes the Wi-Fi box, takes the Wi-Fi box, and he uses it in his room. That makes the Wi-Fi wonky. So sometimes I could connect to a WebEx, then sometimes I can't. And so I never wanted to tell any of my professors that, like, you know, my Wi-Fi kind of act up. So, like, if I don't do assignments on time, like, yeah. Because that's embarrassing. Like, ew. Like, I would never. And so, yeah. So we got into an argument about the wi-fi and i was like yo like sometimes i i got assignments to do and like you be using the wi-fi box all day and i can't do i can't use the computer and the wi-fi is wonky he got mad and then he started telling me shut the fuck up and i i yelled back at him i was like shut the fuck up like you don't be talking to me like this like no i go back and forth i go back and forth because i'm at the point where i'm like life is too short to be like dealing with the behavior that they have and think it's okay to be treated like that like no if i allow him to treat me like that imagine the treatment that they probably expect me to deal with with a man i refuse Ugh, heteros heteros Ugh, can't even and so yep we got to an altercation about the wi-fi um he was talking shit saying that like you know i can't wait for you to go into the real world and see how the real world doesn't give a fuck about you and i'm like sir you say this but i've been dealing with the real world my whole life my life was ass and i don't think millennials or gen um, like gen xers or even you know 
fucking boomers because my mom is a boomer. I don't think they understand the impact of like the shitty childhoods that like Gen Zers had to experience. Like, not only were we born or we were, you know, children during and after 9-11, we had to deal with so many things in our childhood that has, like, traumatized us. So it's like, don't be acting like we had the same childhood because we didn't. My childhood was ass. A lot of Gen Zers' childhood was ass. And it just, mm-mm. No, ma'am. Like, we're literally teenagers or, like, in college during the coronavirus. Many people who are Gen Zers can't even graduate this year. They're either Gen Zers or they're in college. And we literally had our lives just flip over overnight. And it's like, we're not the same, sis. Don't be trying to give me advice. And so, yeah. So, I, I just want my PS4. I really do. And so I bought games. I bought games yesterday. Because my mom, even though she is an asshole, she, the only way that she expresses affection or the only way that she can express affection is through material. <sighs> I don't know why she don't know how to express physical, like, affection. Maybe I just know it's fake. But, like, she can only express material affection. And so she gave me money. And so I bought video games. I was like, oh my gosh, I could play Life is Strange because, bitch, I was a child. I was literally like a teenager in middle school wanting to play Life is Strange because of PewDiePie until I learned PewDiePie was a racist. And so I got all the Life is Strange games for like $25 and I was so happy. And so, like, I asked my brother yesterday, I was like, can I play? He was like, yeah, you could play, because I'm not at work right now, and so today, I asked him, well, you know, I guess we were waiting to, for the bed guy to come, and also, like, this is after my mom basically told me that we're not going to see my grandma today at the parade, that, like, I was like, damn, well, since I'm not going to the parade, I might as well play video games, so I asked him, I'm like, can I, can I play my playstation he's like oh well i'm at work right now so you can't play it and so then i asked the question out loud i don't know if he heard me or he just chose to ignore it i was like why didn't you leave it in the living room because i left it in the living room when my mom bought like a a tv a 50 inch tv and he took it upon himself to take my ps4 and to put it in his room mind you i've been bothered about it but like we don't have a good relationship i don't even like talking to him so i'm like how how do i get my playstation back so periodically like i'd be like how do i even take like how do i even you know just finesse it out of his room when he's not here and i'm like i need help <laughs> like i just need help and so this coronavirus, this is boring. Like, I got video games that I just bought and I can't play it until, like, he leave and I finesse it out. So, yeah. And because I got this money now, I'm just gonna start playing video games. And so I told my mom, I was like, Mom, I want my PlayStation. She's like, you know what, Naima, you're being very problematic and overdramatic. And I am tired of you always causing conflict in my household. Therefore, I'm going to buy you your own PlayStation. So I had to remind her. I was like, ma'am, one of y'all bought me the PlayStation. Y'all bought me. Y'all put it in my name, PlayStation. So, like, it's mine. She was like, well, I'm just going to buy you another. I'm like, oh, this is what really. So, like, in that moment, she really showed me that, like, she prefers her son over me. And I'm like, he could argue back with you and he could bark back at you, but I can't. And the reason why I can't is because I'm a girl and you're just as misogynistic as society. And you don't like it when I talk back to you and I don't accept your fucking bullshit. So what I'm going to do, or the weekend, if he leaves, I'm going to take my PlayStation back. 
and I'm either gonna put it in the living room or I'm gonna take it upstairs because bitch why do I I don't want to play it in your room I want to curse I want to like cuss out that girl what's that girl name damn from life is strange I don't like her the one that no one really likes Victoria I want to cuss her out I want to cuss out like all those people all those characters Nathan like you getting cussed out and so yeah I, I guess that was it I guess this is my first episode my family's a mess um if anything we just all have a weird complicated relationship um my mom has her golden child which is her son her oldest son she only has two kids so her her son and her black sheep which is me I dye my hair I'm into spirituality the typical stereotype of the black sheep um what do I gotta say you know all of this I guess is being used all this trauma or whatever is a generational curse that has been building up since slavery and it is being used for my embetterment so I could be better than all these people and on top of that I'm the most liked out of my siblings I'm the most liked on my grandmother's side anyway um and I say this I say this because my favorite aunt which is my grandmother's sister basically was like talking shit about him when we came to visit her in Florida and she was like she was oof the way that she technically went off on him without really going like it wasn't aggressive it was so funny and so there are tiny ways that like the universe and nature tries to show you that even though you're not the favorite in that one person's eye that you're the favorite in a whole bunch of other people's worlds and so if babies like i remember watching someone said it it was either Tariq Ali or someone like that that was like if babies and dogs or babies and animals in general you know come towards you or like you know just I I guess you could just say come towards you or like interact with you they see the purity in you or whatever and so I'm like I'm a pure spirit I could do fucked up things, but, like, I'm pure. Like, I... mm -mm. Mm -mm. And, like, I never really have bad intentions. I I never really have bad intentions for anyone. I I just, like, respect. And, like, for my whole life, no one has ever respected me because they just wanted me to, like, you know, be super aggressive. And it's like, that's not who I am. I'm only aggressive with, like, boys that I am friends with. But, like, besides that, like, if you're a stranger and I don't know you, you're just going to think I'm shy. But I'm just quiet. And so, like, yeah. I, I just... Mm-mm. That's not me. That's not my character. I'm not loud. I... And I endured so much as a child. So, like, now I'm at the point where I assume my throat chakra is, like, ah, And, like, I love to talk. And because I love to talk, I just, no, you're not going to treat me like that. Like, no, ma'am, you're not. No. The amount of shit that I've endured in my 19 years is a lot. And I just, I can't go for it. I can't go for it. I had a solid four to five years of, like, niceness. Just niceness. And then shit hit the fan once I went to kindergarten and it was never the same. So, like, yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's it for the episode, I guess. Um, if anyone listens to this, thank you. And if you keep watching, not watching, if you keep listening, thank you to any of my podcasts that I, I am grateful. Um, I just want this money this paper so I could leave this house leave this family 
and be financially secure and just shit on these people because they really were acting like I'm broke and I'm like listen I just don't want to work fast food and I'm not gonna you know the thing that I learned from African-American studies and watching this documentary on Freedom Summer Freedom Summer where SNCC and a whole bunch of like white college student volunteers went down to Mississippi for the summer to help the community, um, to help register people, help register black people, and help teach. Their initial thing was to teach the black kids in the community. But then they ended up realizing that the adults in the community wanted to be taught also. But, oh, and to also, you know, um, what's the word they wanted to you know change the dynamic of the delegates the mississippi democratic delegates that go to the national convention in atlantic city and the thing that i learned is that compromise does not bring change and because compromise does not bring change you have to fight And you have to endure the consequences of fighting for what is right within your soul and your spirit. And that's the thing that I love the most about civil rights and all these movements that we have. And mind you, do I even like there's a part of me that don't really see the Black Lives Matter movement as a movement. I just see it as like it's a statement like nigga if you don't understand that black lives matter then like you gotta fucking reevaluate your life (laughs) but like i don't think of it as like a movement as like you know the civil rights movement but i guess because of the like it's not even really an organization there's no organization for real for real i don't know maybe i gotta do my research but I like the movement now of the internet and how the internet has, you know, brought forth so many discussions and how we're really talking about narcissists now and how we shouldn't accept, you know, the, the shitty, manipulative, draining treatment of a narcissist and how we live in a misogynistic society a patriarchal society where we value men over daughters especially in the black community like I remember reading and um let me find it (laughs) cause I got uh the Willie Lynch letter mind you the Willie Lynch letter is fake but (laughs) after you know taking African American studies I'm gonna come back I left it downstairs. It was in my binder. But anyways, I learned, or in the Willie Lynch letter, mind you, it was written by a black man whose purpose was to inform black people and to get black people to come together. Anyways, he had this one line that was like, you have the two black families it was like it was a fake experiment you have the two black families and you strip them of their fathers one wife or one woman has a son while the other has the daughter what does the woman do with her son the woman you know what i could just look it up on my ipad Off the top of my head, I remember that the son just became slightly emasculated. But let's let's try to get the real one.
knows this man did not make a book. Boy. No, ma'am. You know what, I might as well just wind the paper because uh, they don't got it. Okay, for example, take the case of the wild stud horse. A female horse and an already infant horse. Compare the breaking process with two captured nigger males in their natural state. A pregnant nigger woman with her infant becomes very gentle, whereas anybody can ride her in comfort. Breed the mare and the stud until you have the desired offspring. Do, 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 do. Hmm. <coughs> Crap. Ow. There we go, I found it. Good. Say one nigger female bears a nigger female and the other bears a nigger male, both nigger females being without the influence of the nigger male image, frozen in independent psychology, will raise their offspring into reverse positions. The one with the female offspring will teach her to be like herself, independent and negotiable. We negotiate with her through her. Oh, we negotiate with her through her, by her, negotiates her at her will. The one with the nigger male offspring being frozen subconscious fear for his life will raise him to be mentally dependent and weak but physically strong in other words body over mind now in a few years when these two offsprings become fertile for early reproduction we will mate and breed them and continue the cycle that is good sound and long-range comprehensive planning so, in conclusion, the black community doesn't really have, <clears throat> at the moment or in our current day, very, like, you know, a very great relationship with fatherhood. As we try to praise the black fathers who have stood by and stepped up to be a father to their children, regardless of their relationship with their mother. But, and oftentimes, black men and black boys carry a sense of resentment towards their mother if the father isn't in their life and so they carry a sense of entitlement and anger towards the mother but instead of carrying that anger that they have towards their father that they feel is towards their mother for having the father leave they carry it out towards hatred for black women right where am I going with this? My point is, is that black mothers often favor having black sons because, and I literally saw this on Twitter. I forgot the person's name, but like, 
the fact that people assume it's easier to raise a male than raising a daughter because girls are quote-unquote complicated and hard-headed and just all over the place but like y'all don't really physically sit down to teach y'all sons and with narcissistic mothers who don't have a man to hold or a man to control the man in her life is now her son and so by having the son take the place of a man that creates an awkward family dynamic whereas having a daughter and being constantly reminded of all the things that you try to suppress about who you are as a person and seeing it being brought up and reflected through your new child because mind you narcissists don't see their children as people they see their children as reflections of them the moment i post this my mom's gonna be mad if she ever finds out and she's gonna be mad because She's like, wow, my daughter has so much to say. Like, what? Take this down. Da, 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 da. She don't like it when I talk. And she knows that I carry power in the way that I speak. I remember when I first tried to come out to my mother as pansexual. Because I am. I am pansexual. And, like, I remember trying to come out to her after she found out I lost my virginity. Child. A whole story. And so, she was like, are you gay? Are you gay? Mind you, she's homophobic. Are you gay? Are you gay? Are you gay? If you're not, then take it down. Take this post down. Take it down. And I'm like, okay. So I took it down. So, with the post that she was talking about was like me coming out as pansexual. And how I was like, I love people regardless of their sexual identity. Like, people are people. I really don't care. And so, all of this is being said narcissistic mothers whose golden child is their son their sons are oblivious to the fact that they became the man or they're probably you know they're probably aware of it they're just dealing with it in their own way or dealing with the fact that they don't have a man in their life to control so they control their son in like a weird way whereas like you're still my child but like i could talk to you like type thing like it's weird it's not like they're not incest but like it's that type vibe and so yeah being a daughter and the black sheep of like narcissists is like not it um if i had to rate it it would be like a negative 90 out of 10 would not recommend um it like And a lot of us have to deal with the trauma in different times in life. Thank God for me to, like, you know, start dealing with it now. Like, when I was 18, when I first started dealing with it. And so, yeah. So, that's the end of this podcast of my rant. Thank you for listening again. Bye, guys.